Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. Good morning, what's up guys? Welcome to Game Changer, I'm David Villa, and we are kicking off a great Monday. It's the last week in July, and I hope you guys are ready for, man, the fall is coming. How about that, huh? August is right around the corner. And the summer, I mean, August is in Florida is the hottest month of the year. So summer's full on here. But I mean, you can just see that we're wound, rounding into the second half of the year. And we're, I'm excited about what God's done this year and what he's going to do. And hopefully you see it that way. Hopefully you wake up and you're not saying, man, it's August, it's August or July's about to wrap up. And, you know, and man, I don't have anything to show for it. Hopefully you don't see it that way because that's not the way, that's not the way that um, I see it. Now I want to, I want to, and I want to encourage us this morning. We're going to go, um, we're going to go in a direction this week. We're, mo- we're moving our finances and relationship series until next week. Um, Ashton, Matias will be back this week as well. We'll have all of our crew back, all of our social media team. And we're going to really focus on that, on that series. But this week we're going to, we're going to just really just have a few kind of open-ended discussions. And, and today I'm excited about our topic, and it's do not allow your situation to change your confession. Do not allow your situation to change your confession. This morning, you know, I believe that uh, the Holy Spirit guides these sessions, and I really believe He's going to touch us this morning. So share this show with somebody that follows you this morning and really just believe for them that God can meet them at the point of their need. Do you believe that God's big enough to do that, that he orchestrates everything, that he knows exactly what somebody needs to hear at the exact time? So just hit the share button, hit the like button. If you're watching this or listening to this on Spotify or Apple, I want to thank you guys for uh, for your subscription. Make sure you share this with somebody on those platforms as well and then subscribe to YouTube. Uh, our YouTube channel as well. We'll post all of this in the feed, but our YouTube, you can search it. It's uh, Game Changer Live. You can also search David Villa or Game Changer Live and it'll pop up on YouTube. And um, do not allow your situation to change your confession. In the midst of all he faced, and we talked a little bit about Job last week, Job blessed the name of the Lord in the midst of everything that he faced, in the midst of the pain and suffering. He did not give into the temptation to sin and blame God. How many know that we like to sometimes blame God because really the reality is the last person we want to blame is ourselves. And, you know, we, so we blame, we blame God and um, it's not God's fault, you know, so don't give into the temptation and, and look at the pattern of Job. I mean, Job had it harder than anybody that I personally know. I mean, way harder than anything I've ever gone through. I mean, the man lost an incredibly, um, incredible amount of his life in one swoop. And, you know, he was tempted and even even told by his wife and those close to him, hey, just curse God, right? Just just listen, just turn your back. I mean, and they began to give him bad advice. And in the midst of the pain and suffering, he didn't give into the temptation and uh, to sin and blame God. His faith remained steadfast. And he declared that beyond all he faced, that no negative and wrong words would ever come from his lips. And I want to talk about that, not allowing your situation to change your confession. And so we have to let our confession focus on God rather than aligning with our current situation. It's very easy 
for our confession to align with our current situation. If we, if our back hurts, it's easy for our confession to say, ouch, my back hurt. You know, it's easy that if, you know, you get up and, you know, you've had, you've had a bad week, let's say you had a, you've had a bad week and in, in it's approaching the new week, like today, it's easy to get up on a Monday and, and really just pick up the baggage. We have a hard time doing it if we had a, if we had a good week. It's interesting that, you know, good week, we just celebrate it and then we just kind of go along really unfocused a lot of times into the following week and we don't really carry the, 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 the good week into the, the next week, which we should, but we'll carry the negative, the bad week. So a lot of times, you know, your confession, your confession, you know, you, you don't feel like going to work or you don't feel like coming in. You don't feel like a new week. And so immediately your confession lines up with the way you feel. And so, you know, I, I want to encourage us to let our faith remain steadfast, you know, and declare that beyond what we face, that no negative or wrong words come from our lips. Let our confession focus on God rather than aligning with our current situation. It's hard to do. It's against the grain. It really is. But if you begin to go against the grain and let your confo- your confession focus on God rather than aligning with your current situation, that's when it begins to change. And that's the power of the spoken word. It's the power of the word of God. So in the midst of all we are living, how is your confession? You know, today there, there, there are a lot of Christians out there who confess more with their fingers in social media than with their lips. You know what, let me, let me explain that. I've done it, I've been caught up in it, where you put a quote out there, and quotes are good. I mean, that's a form of expression. It's better, you know, you are, you are declaring God's word, but we'll put something out there with our fingertips that we're not backing up with our lips. So we'll put a quote out that says, hey, God is good. God's got this, you know, and we'll get a bunch of likes on it. Well, then we come into the office and all we do is confess a form of death or we don't confess the same thing with our mouth. How many know that that doesn't cut it? So there's Christians out there that confess more with their fingers on social media than with their lips. And as children of God, you know, let us take care of what we confess with our lips and also with our fingers. So, I mean, I believe this. I believe the fingers are an extension of our mouth, but also the mouth is an extension of the fingers. I mean, if you post it, you better live it. It's hard to do, right? Do we talk more about God or about the crisis? Do we talk more about the situation in our life? Do we confess more about that or do we confess more about God? Because I mean, if you really look at it and you go, well, Dave, you know, sometimes you could, you could, when someone speaks this way, you know, you go, well, it's easier for you, easy for you to say. Well, it's not. Because I can assure you that, that I go through things. We go through things. My wife and I go through things. Our company goes through things. As believers that we have to deal with and we have to make the choice whether or not we're going to talk more about the Word of God or about the crisis. And I can tell you that we've done both. And I know the outcomes of both. So I believe this, we're facing a great opportunity to encourage others to inspire faith and to reassure those around us who don't know God. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, you can impress other Christians if you want. You know, you can, you can, we, can, we can lather one another up. I mean, we can, again, we can put a great quote out and we can get a lot of amens but we forget that quote within minutes. We go about our lives. And what are we doing to inspire or impact those that don't know God around us? Those that don't know that they have a choice between the crisis and God. 
that they don't know that there's an alternative to talking about the crisis or situations in their life. It's why God called us here, right? The way we achieve this is we talk more about God's promises than about the problems. And, and it's as really as simple as that. It starts there. It starts more with us talking more about his promises than the problems. We see the problems. We don't ignore them. Listen, I'm not telling you if your back hurts that your back doesn't hurt. But I mean, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten up multiple times and, you know, I've, I begin to confess what's wrong with me. And the reality is, am I confessing what God says? And I think that we need to watch our speech, right? And today, this is, this is a topic that, you know, it's, it's really just simple. Are we going to let our situation or our confession, our circumstances dictate or override our confession? I'm joined by my wife here this morning. Again, next week, we're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about relationship. When we're ever in the room together, I'm pretty sure that that might happen this week as well, but just in a different, just in a different topic. But uh, today, Diana, we're talking about, go to the topic again, Mike, the title, I want to get it right. Not allowing our situation. And we just, we just named the word situation because, I don't know, what are you, what are you experiencing? To change your confession. What do you think about that? Have you ever, have you ever allowed your situation to change your confession? Um, Absolutely. I mean, that's doubt. So um, that's really been a hard thing because sometimes we can be, and I will say believing and praying for others when yet we don't even have the faith for ourselves and maybe in a similar situation. So um, I'm a little speechless right now because I got here late, which is typical of me. (laughs) I was going to say. I hate to confess that, but I do have a problem with. But the truth shall set you free. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm better at it. But um, I can't blame my kids anymore because none of them yeah. live at home. And um, but it used to be my kids used to make me late, but now it's just me. Yeah, it used to be it used to be like, hey, Diana, come on, we got to go. Well, you know, I you just have to get yourself ready. I have to get Austin ready and Alexis ready and Ashton ready. <laughs> you know, then Alexis got married. You know, I have to get Austin and Ashton ready. Then Austin left a few years ago. I have to get Ashton. Ashton gets married now. What? So I think probably well, she didn't like she didn't comment on that. I didn't because I, I don't want to get off topic because I know you guys started and I, I hated coming in a little bit late. But um, Duncan let me down this morning and the line was very long and well at least I thought it was wrong long and then when I came around the corner there was one car so I'm not really sure what was going on but um, they didn't have their coffee this morning. I guess not. <laughs> well, you were faced with this opportunity, confession or situation. So um, for me, I mean, there's been plenty of situations in my life that. I felt like my situation didn't line up with my faith. Like I believed for this, and yet here I was still going through this situation. Um, but I still had to, um, you know, trust God in spite of the reality at that point, and believe and continue to speak positive. Because honestly, there's a there's I, I believe that where you put your focus, your emotions follow. So if I can put my focus on you know the truth of God's word, that even though my emotions want to follow what I'm facing right then at that moment, if I could, you know, meditate and focus more on the word of God, my emotions are going to be one of faith or of strength or, hey, I'll make it or, you know, whatever, whatever that is, it's the truth of God's word. And if my focus remains there versus my situation, you know, you can have, you know, peace in spite of the storm. Mm -hmm. You can have joy in spite of the trial. You can have faith in, in, in spite of, you know, 
challenges in front of you. So I think really um, how that happens is focusing on God's word and, and meditating on that and finding scriptures or people of like faith that are going to encourage you back to the word of God, which is, you know, God's greater than anything that we face. So if we would believe that then and we, we speak it and we focus on it. I believe our emotions will follow that instead of being, you know, downcast or, you know, looking sad or mopey, we could have a smile in spite of, you know, what we're going through. Mm. Yeah. And <clears throat> imagine what it would, what it would be like in the world today if, you know, we're going to, in the, the scripture, Proverbs 10, 10 verses 11, and this is in the message, says the mouth of a good person is as a deep life-giving well, but the mouth of the wicked is as a dark cave of abuse. So imagine what the world would be like if that scripture today, I'm reading it, Mike. Oh, sorry. I thought you were lower than that. No, no, no. Well, imagine what it would be like. I need a teleprompter sometimes, so that might just expose that. So imagine what it would be like if the world today was was like that verse we just read in Proverbs. You know, in, in you know, and it says again, I'm gonna read it. The mouth of a good person is as a deep life-giving well, but the mouth of the wicked is as a dark cave of abuse. And so it, it imagine if it were like that verse, and our words were a source of life. Think about that. I mean, you can turn on social media, you can turn on news. I mean, like I legitimately have not watched the news in just months and months. And there's certain little notifications I still get on my phone or certain emails that I get. And I find myself contemplating in the last, even the last couple of weeks in unsubscribing from those emails. And it's not because I don't want to know what's going on in the world. But when we tell ourselves that, I think what we mean by going on in the world is like, is there a tornado coming, right? Hey, you know, do we just, you know, go to war, you know, which, which is different than, you know, this person is, you know, talking about doing this situation again and, you know, this situation is, you know, going on between this group and that group. And, you know, and I just, and I just, I look at that and it, and it frustrates me, right? It's a negative source. Imagine if the, the children of God, the, the men, the women of God, their words were a source of life that encouraged the weary, lifted up the falling, fallen and comforted the brokenhearted. Like Jesus said, Jesus said, and when he got out of the river, you know, he said that, um, he said, I've come to bind up the brokenhearted. He repeated what was in Isaiah. And he said to heal the heal the sick, you know, I mean to 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 you know to, to basically to to gather the wounded, right? To 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 pour into the to the less fortunate, to heal the brokenhearted. What if our words were that comforting in life? You know, and we were a source of good news. Sometimes it seems like the church is just ganging on whatever side, you know, it seems like sometimes the church is no different than the world in many ways in the way that we speak or the way that we opt out for speaking. Does that make sense? Um, it's not that we say something wrong all the time. Sometimes we don't say anything right. I kind of relate that to being a parent because sometimes when our children are facing certain obstacles, even if we think, man, this is really a bad situation, um, as a parent, you still find the good and try and, and speak more about the good. So I think for me, I, I'll always relate back to parenting because that's what I feel like one of my, you know, one of my most important callings really was first to my children. And um, so I, I think about that as how I, how I relate even when they had bad situations 
how I, I had to go beyond what they were facing and try and speak the positive, like, well, hey, maybe they didn't mean this, or maybe if you do this, maybe there's a lesson because if you can kind of get through this, you know, your faith will be encouraged, or, you know, maybe you're going to be hope to somebody else. So I, I think that, you know, words are important because I think they compelled sometimes when my kids maybe felt overcome. I think words, you know, the Lord gave me words to encourage them and push them beyond where they were at. Um, what's interesting about the church, and I, I agree with you that um, uh, the church sometimes isn't any different. I had the opportunity this week to talk with some family members that were here for our daughter's wedding, and um, she was just talking about a lot of the turmoil in the world and, you know, this side, that side, whatever. And we have different views on on different things, on, on different sides. And I try and look at things in life, both perspectives. I think that's probably one of the things that aggravated my kids the most because even when they had a teacher that was, you know, maybe being unfair, um, I never said, well, that teacher was so stupid. I always told them what they could have done differently to maybe get a different response from the teacher. So a lot of times, even in life, my kids thought, you always agree with the teacher. It wasn't that. It's like when I was communicating with them, there was nothing I could talk to with my children that would change the other person. I could only tell them what they could do themselves to make the situation better. And and I, I do that a lot, even at work sometimes. But um, when I was talking to this person about different worldviews, one of the things they said is, you know, I was trying to turn to Christian television or Christian things, Christian broadcasts, and it seemed like everything that I found there was also about right, wrong, left, right, you know, whatever. And she's like, I kind of found myself isolated from the church because I felt like I couldn't go somewhere where I felt it should be speaking hope to me, that they also were on the same thing. So I, I think it's really important. You know, there's a fine line of, you know, we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. And I think that even though, um, I think we still got to recognize, you know, that God loves us right where we're at. And so, you know, we have to be open-minded, but I think we have to be sensitive to everybody and love regardless and, and example love. Um, I think there's a lot of things right now there's, that are so divided that the churches should be bridging gaps. And I think sometimes we're allowing ourselves as Christians to make the divide greater versus bridging the gaps. And, um, you know, it was kind of, I was kind of like heavy when I was talking to that person. I was like, man, I really didn't think of it that way because, um, you know, we are supposed to be the light of the world, salt and light. And in that season, certain things in life, sometimes we, you know, get caught up and we're, we're not hope when people need hope. Yeah. And, it, and we're talking specifically about words today, you know, about, and it, and it starts with your words because sometimes somebody that doesn't know you, the person she was talking about, they were listening to people they didn't know. They knew of them. They followed them, but they didn't know them. So your words matter. So Diane, I think the other day, a couple of weeks ago said, you know, the, and we said this a month or two ago as well. So we feel the same way about this, her and I, but where the phrase sticks and stones may break your bones, but words won't hurt you. That's not true. Words do. Words are impactful because when you don't know someone, but you follow them or you, you know, you, you know, you look to them for inspiration or for any type of motivation, you know, or counsel. The reality is this. Now people should vet that. That's on them. I mean, that's not going to, you know, be an avid, inadequate excuse to, to the Lord, you know, for things not going wrong or right in your life. You're responsible for yourself. However, 
those individuals are, are, are doubly responsible. If they are men and women of God, people of God are doubly responsible for what they say, how they say, what they say. And so it's common to complain in the middle of a crisis. And we're talking about really our words, right? Not letting your situation, you know, overshadow your confession or take place of your confession. And so your confession is, you know, is, 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 and as a believer, should be what the Word of God says. So it's common to complain in the middle of a crisis, spreading bad news, joining in on the voice of criticism. I mean, it's easy. It's easy, and you. And you, here's the thing: and you probably have an opinion. You know, Diana said that that you know uh, we have an opinion, or she had an opinion. Her and I share an opinion. Um, you know that you know that might differ from yours, or vice versa. We or have from some, each other sometimes. Absolutely, we have some differences. Of course, we have the differences in opinions on things that matter. But the reality is this. You know, you can join in, and it's very easy to join in. It's easy to gang up, pile on. But to confess that Jesus is still on the throne in spite of the circumstances and that above the negative diagnosis, there is no other name like his, that is something that requires unwavering faith. And this is the stuff we should be getting on social, in the clips, by the way. So I'm just telling you, don't worry about it now, but this is the stuff. So here's the thing. It's, it's, you, can, you can pile in. You can pile on or... You can choose to, to, to not look at the negative circumstances and above those diagnoses, lift up his name. And, that's, and that is, I think, what believers have to do and that we've lost sight of sometimes as believers. So like Job, I want to encourage you to decide today to lift up the name of the Lord. That in the face of any difficult situation, that you don't allow your confession to change. Amen? You don't allow your confession to change. Your confession is what brands you for the Lord. You're branded because Jesus paid a price for your life. He paid a price that he didn't know. And like the old phrase, the old song, right? He paid a, he paid a debt he didn't know, and we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And the reality is we're bought with a price. And because we are branded with him, what is the brand saying, right? Are you living up to the brand? Are you a brand ambassador for Jesus? And you know what? A perfect example of that is Job. You can say, well, David, I don't, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm experiencing. And you're right, I don't. And I'm not here to judge that. And likewise, don't judge what I go through. Because the reality is we go through things that other people may not be able to walk in. Can I tell you that Job, Job went through some stuff. I just thought of this word, that confection, your confession is from your lips. So we can confess something even though it hasn't penetrated our heart. So I think what's really important is not only to confess it, but you got to get yourself to a place where you believe it in your heart. You know, it, it, confession actions are a response to what's in your heart. You know, we can say something, but if it's not in our heart, our actions may not line up with that. You know, I think that our pastor spoke a message several weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, knowing, like, going from the, you know, a, a knowledge, a head knowledge to a heart knowledge was kind of the gist of this message, and it's true. I've lived and went through things in life where I had a head knowledge. I, like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But I didn't allow the Word of God to penetrate my heart enough to allow my actions to line up with what I was thinking. And, and that's why there's a divide, you know, um, is that we can't confession is important. We got to start there, but we got to let the confession of God's word penetrate our heart and allow that to bring 
change because change comes from first knowing it go it gets inside and then that causes your actions to line up with what you're saying so um you know i think that it goes deeper than just confessing you have to believe in your heart mm-hmm. confessing with your mouth and believe in your heart yeah yeah and let me let me kind of let me ask you this um you're right in other words if you if you confess in your if you confess with your mouth and you don't believe in your heart then you're you're a hypocrite right you're a hypocrite but at the same time if you if you believe in your heart and you don't confess with your mouth you're a hypocrite and i think that what i think that both situations i mean i want to i want to i want to weigh that out for just a second because we're talking right here we're going to move into the last few minutes and just really what we're talking about is speaking life and we've we've talked about this a lot on the podcast but you know confession is easy sometimes believing is the hard part but the reality is how many people out there right now believe one thing and but are ignorant of the fact that they're not really of what they're confessing meaning meaning that we believe something we go to church but we're we're literally beat down so we're so we're not putting on a front there's those people too putting on a front where you know we're like hey i'm saying this but i'm really not this behind the scenes what what these are these let's talk to the people out there and how many are going i i believe the word of god and this is going and they're going right now wow this is i never thought of it that way but ha- the enemy's wreaking havoc in my life right now because i am repeating talking points of the enemy whether i know it or not you know what i'm saying i think what do you think about that the world view is fake it till you make it and mm-hmm. i've caught myself saying that too, but I think when it comes down to um, faith and speaking life and overcoming your circumstances, I don't think you can fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. You got to confess it, believe it, and let it work for you. And I've never thought about that till right now. I was like, you know, that's kind of, we can't, sometimes we can't fake it. We can't fake it. Sometimes our faking it is just, you know, smooth words. We'll say it, but the faking it doesn't make it until it penetrates our heart, you know, and, you know, I think that's, I've never thought about that because I've said that, fake it till you make it. But mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to your confession, you can't fake it till you make it. You got to, you got to say it and you got to believe it and you got to act on it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's a good point. You can't fake it till you make it because the enemy knows that you're fake. The enemy knows that you're a fake. And so there's no power. You're, you're, you're quoting God's word, but there's no power in your life if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus, then you have access to that power. And this is the flip side of that, in spite of your circumstances. And the enemy's job is to always get the child of God to view themselves outside of the context of who God says you are and what God says about you. And he gets you, it's, it's, it's the really the, the, the deal where God says, you know, I didn't come to condemn the world but to save the world. And then he talks about the thief comes not to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And so the enemy wants to what? It, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a reason those scriptures are together. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your abundant life, to steal the ability. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. So the enemy wants you not to experience life abundant. And life abundant is life in God, right? So here's the question as we wrap this up. I mean, do our words produce calm or do they produce despair? Do they produce peace or do they produce anxiety? Words are, talk is cheap, but we, on the flip side, we say 
we're saying that names matter and words matter. So talk is cheap, but talk is powerful. And so do your words produce peace or do they produce anxiety? Proverbs 18, 21 reminds us of the power that our words have. And it says, you know, in it, in it, such as the impact of our language that the Bible directly describes. And it says it's capable of leading to life or death. That's the scripture. It says, you know, your words produce fruit. They, 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 you know, they either produce life or death and we'll eat the fruit thereof. And that's powerful if you think about it. Our words produce fruit. Scroll down to the bottom. That scripture is there, I think, at the bottom. Yeah, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. It's either going to bring death or life. So what's crazy is it brings fruit either way. You know? What do you think? Well, the scripture underneath that says, Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. And that's Psalms 141, 3. And I've, asked, I've had to ask the Lord to guard my lips a lot in life. <laughs> Me too. A lot. Because sometimes... What I'm thinking. You ever ate his guard? Mm-hmm. You ever ate his guard? You're like, you know, like he, he puts a little guard there and you're like, you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> or you like, just spit the mouthpiece out. No, you got a little guard standing there. Like a guy's like, okay, I'm going to put like, I'm going to put a guardian angel right there next to your lips. And you just, you just eat the guard. You know what I'm saying? But or you just, or you just go and yeah. blow him right off. And you're like, nah. Yeah. You're like, get away from me. <laughs> go ahead. Yes. I've done that. Um, <laughs> I think it's given me, this whole thing has kind of given me food for thought and probably another time I'll say more, but, um, you know, I think it's important, you know, to believe what we say. And I think the more you meditate on God's word, the more it becomes a part of who you are and the more it's in your heart, you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, but, you know, and, and that's scripture, but I think out of the heart, we also react. And I think if we, you know, our daily putting ourselves before the Lord and asking the Lord to give us a pure heart, I think our actions will line up more with the word in our confession. And I think sometimes we don't always do that. And I think there's about that's about being transparent and open with the Lord of exactly where we're at because, um, you know, as humans, we are, it's, you know, our nature is sin and wrong. And I think it's when we line it back up to the word of God, that's when he is able to purify it. And then our actions and our words line up with that. So, it says um, our words are an overflow, you know, that would and it, it fill our heart and come out. And so if we allow all that is good, all that is excellence, and that really is going into Philippians when it says to, to meditate on these things, when we allow all that is good, all that is excellent, all that is worthy of admiration to fill our hearts, then we could be sure that what comes out of our lips will also be good and excellent. And the Bible says that we can't expect sweet water to come out of a salt water spring. So it's very important that if we want to speak life, we should also pay attention to what is filling our heart. And it's a big deal. You know, what you put in will come out. And as people of faith, we have the ability to literally change the narrative around us. That's the thing that's powerful that I want to leave you with today. Because we have the best message that exists in the whole world. A message of purpose. A message of faith. A message of peace. A message of grace. And a message that produces life in every person who hears it. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to put Diana on the spot this morning, which I would normally never, ever do. But Diana, I'm going to give you a minute while I, finish, while I roll through the outro to think of the song of the day. 
Whatever song is on your heart, I'm going to let you pick it for the day. And while she's thinking about that, thank you all for tuning in this morning. I want to take a big shout out to all of our live audience and our Spotify and Apple Podcast listeners. If you were with us live, if you guys happen to miss an episode in the mornings, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify. You can always have us on the go. I'm, Ezra, d- double-check me on this, but typically the podcasts are, the episodes are up the same day that we we do them, correct? Absolutely. Cool. So if you were listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you guys can join us live and join the conversation with us every morning. Throw some comments in. We do read them out. We pay attention to what you guys are saying. Just search David Villa Game Changer on Facebook and YouTube, and you'll be able to find us in a second. Um, our newest drop is out on Faith Gear. It's faithgear.co. That's, again, faithgear.co. Everything is in a limited supply, so if you guys end up liking it, make sure you grab it while you can. Um, if you haven't checked out our latest Bible plan, The Faith Factor, it is up live and ready to go on version. Also, I think I can announce it today. We just finalized the next one, which we did on a series last week. It was We're now calling it CrossFit. It's a seven-day plan. We just finished, I think Dave just signed off on it. Friday, we just did the artwork, so it should be coming up. We'll get a date, I think, from you version this week of when it will go live, but it will be awesome. Diana. Indescribable Hillsong Young and Free. That's what I was jamming to when I pulled into the parking lot. He is indescribable in every way. So. Dang. Anybody have any last-minute comments while I copy and paste this link? You want to join me tomorrow, right? Put you on the spot. Starts at 830. (laughs) Eastern Standard Time. So tomorrow, Diana's going to join me as well. We're going to go over finances and relationship, but this is going to be like a this is going to be like the uh, uh, we call it the uh, preseason. <laughs> this week could be preseason for next week. This and, is the preamble. Yeah. We, well, I think it was more about for me. I think those are two serious topics: finances and marriage. And I wanted to be prepared. I didn't want to just come in here and be flippant about it because you've had twenty eight like years to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> Most of those are probably a boxing match. Just saying. Hey, you guys have a great day. Thank you all for listening. On that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.